Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Aligned Living Podcast. My name is Sophie. I am your host, and I am so grateful that you are here. Thank you. If you are new to me and to my work, I am a Canadian yoga teacher and mentor. I offer all kinds of programs with the intention of enriching your life and supporting your teaching. I started this podcast as an extension of my weekly newsletter on Substack, and I just have to say again that I am really loving sharing and connecting with you all in this new way. So if you aren't already on my newsletter list, you can find the link to get signed up in the show notes below. I aim to send out a newsletter once a week, a podcast about once a week, but as always, I honor the ebbs and flows of my life and encourage you to do the same. So something that I've been exploring lately in my own personal life is this idea of knowing when it's time to leave, whether that's a friendship, a relationship, a project, or a career, knowing when it's time to leave. So let's jump in, shall we? I think there comes a certain point in every relationship be it a personal or professional relationship, where we start to feel like it might be time for us to leave. There's this little voice inside of us, and although there may not be a good quote-unquote reason, we just start to feel like something is off. I want to start by saying that anything I cover in this podcast does not pertain to relationships where there is physical or emotional abuse. If you are experiencing abuse in any way, I encourage you to research local support systems so you can navigate this situation with the assistance and expertise that you need to keep yourself and anyone who else might be involved safe. So circling back to this feeling or this deeper knowingness that it may be time for us to leave. Perhaps there's a feeling there that the relationship is no longer serving you or it may be causing you harm in some way. Perhaps you're experiencing jealousy or resentment or people in your life just blocking your own success and growth. When this happens, I've noticed in my own life and through observing others, a few things tend to happen. So the first thing being that we tend to become complacent, numb, or indifferent. So when we start to get this feeling that, okay, maybe the situation isn't serving me anymore, perhaps we stop putting in as much effort, we stop caring, and we really just feel like either way, whatever happens, who cares? Another thing that tends to happen is that sometimes people start to become disruptive and we become disruptive so that other people are forced to make the decision that we are incapable of making ourselves. So we start to act out, perhaps cause some trouble so that the other people in our lives end the relationship for us therefore giving us the outcome that we initially desired without actually having to do it ourselves. So whenever you notice these feelings start to come up for you in your life, whether that's complacency, numbness, indifference, or disruption, I think it's important for you to start to look at those circumstances a little closer and start to really ask yourself, why am I acting in this way? 
And is there some part of me that doesn't want to be here anymore? And start to sit with and explore that a little bit further. Now, with that being said, I think it's important for us to think about our attachment styles when it comes to ending a relationship of any kind. Our attachment styles, which I'll talk about in a moment, can dictate our tendencies in certain situations. So let's look at attachment styles through the lens of romantic relationships. I'm not an attachment style expert, a therapist, or a relationship coach, but I will do my best to really clearly define the four main attachment styles for you. Starting with secure. So someone who has a secure attachment style, when they experience conflict in relationship, they will not see that conflict as a threat to the relationship itself. An anxious person, so someone who has anxious attachment, when they are presented with conflict, that might start to threaten in their mind, that might start to threaten the foundation of the relationship. They might start to worry, perhaps even obsess, and they're likely to start to feel unsafe or like the other person might leave when conflict arises. An avoidant attachment style person, when they are presented with conflict, tend to turn away, run away, numb out, or just kind of check out of the situation altogether because the discomfort of sitting with the circumstance at hand is too big. It's too overwhelming, so they choose to avoid it altogether. The fourth attachment style is this unique attachment style called anxious avoidant attachment, and it's when a person oscillates between having anxious tendencies or avoidant tendencies. So circling it back, I think it's important for us to know where we are coming from when we start to think about leaving a certain situation. Oftentimes, someone who's avoidant will be more likely to want to leave Someone who is anxious, on the other hand, may be more likely to want to stay. And someone who's secure will be able to have the discernment to know, okay, let's see this difficult period through. And when we're on the other side of it, let's start to make some logical decisions based on fact and not feeling. It's really important to know where you are coming from so you know what your tendency is. A few years ago, I read a book called Attached by Adam Levine, which I would highly recommend to you, just so you can start to get to know yourself a little bit more and what your tendency is when conflict arises. Something that's important to highlight about attachment styles is that they are not fixed. They are fluid, meaning that they can change depending on the phase of life that you're in or the person who you are in relationship with. So When you start to feel like, you know, a relationship or a job is no longer serving you, keeping in mind what your first nature is, what your tendency is, what your attachment style is, will help you to get clear on what your next steps may be. Perhaps your work may be sitting with the discomfort a little bit longer. Perhaps your work might be actually letting go and stepping into the unknown. Or perhaps your work might be just staying with that internal sense of security. 
there's a lot of talk right now about this new phenomenon of quiet quitting. And full transparency, I didn't know what this term meant. So I Googled the definition of the term and despite the name, which is quite misleading, it isn't actually about quitting your job. It refers to the idea of doing solely what your job requires of you. So doing your work during work hours and nothing more. This might be a little bit controversial, but I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with this. Personally, I see work as a means to an end as long as we live in a capitalistic society. So what I mean by that is that we need to work so that we can make money, so we can put food on our table and a roof over our head. Not all of us have the immense privilege of doing work that we love or work that we are inspired by. Not all of us have the privilege of doing work and being not concerned about how much it pays us. Many of us do need the money that we generate through our jobs so that we can continue to give ourselves this feeling of safety and security and provide for ourselves and our family and friends. So coming back to this idea of quiet quitting, I think it's important for us to acknowledge when we go beyond that idea of quiet quitting, so just doing the bare minimum because we need to work to get by, and just start to give up altogether. To me, when we start to give up altogether, whether that's in a friendship, romantic relationship, or job, that's a sign to me that it is time to leave and that you should start looking for some other opportunities. Now, this begs the question of why do we stay? Why do we stay in jobs and relationships and friendships when we know that they are no longer honoring or serving our greatest good? I think that we stay because we are more comfortable with the discomfort of our current reality than we are with the discomfort of moving into a new reality. So let me say that again. I think we stay because we are more comfortable with the discomfort of what we know than the discomfort of what we don't know. I see this happen all the time. People would rather stay in their same shitty relationship because that shitty relationship as shitty as it may be brings them some sense of comfort and ease rather than letting that relationship go so they can experience something greater but why this is so hard for people whether it's relieving leaving a relationship or leaving a job is that oftentimes when we leave something we don't know what is next and that can be really hard it can be really hard for us to remind ourselves and for us to believe that there is something greater out there for us if we are willing and only if we are willing to let go of what we currently have so this makes me think of that beautiful analogy of the caterpillar turning into a butterfly At a certain point, the caterpillar knows that it can no longer be a caterpillar, but it doesn't know what it's about to become. So when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, the caterpillar has to dissolve. It literally dissolves into mush and it releases its old identity so that it can welcome in something new. But in this process of releasing its old identity, the caterpillar does not know what it will become. 
It does not know that it's becoming a butterfly. It does not know what it will look like. It doesn't know that it's going to have the ability to fly when it's been stuck to the earth this whole time. So even though there is something so much greater on the other side, we have to get comfortable with this idea of sitting in the not knowing. So like I said, I've been sitting and really struggling with this idea of knowing when it's time to leave in my own personal life lately. And something that's brought me a lot of relief is finding my way back to my meditation cushion. Because when I sit on my meditation cushion every day, I am reminded to come back to my breath and to sit and be with the present moment. In the present moment, there is no suffering. There is no suffering because there's no projection to the future and there's no rumination on the past. There just is this moment here. And when you're able to be with this moment right here, there is no pain. Even if there is feelings of sadness or anxiety or upset of any kind in the present moment, there's no pain because you are fully immersed in that feeling or emotion and you're not able to write any kind of story about it if you're present with it. We can only start to write stories when we're in a place of present thinking or past reflection. In the present moment, sorry, I said present thinking, I meant future thinking, or past reflection. When you're in the present moment, all you have is here and now. So when we're going through something in our life where we're starting to feel like, okay, it may be time to let go of this, I encourage you to come to your cushion. I encourage you to practice breathing and practice being with what is. I encourage you to expand your capacity of sitting with and through discomfort because it is those small moments each and every day that will give you the courage and the strength and the belief in yourself that you're able to take a greater leap in other areas of your life. Sometimes we hang on to what we have because it's all we know. And this is where it can be really helpful for us to call in expanders. So people who show us that another way is possible. If you have people in your life who are in a loving, committed, beautiful relationship that you look up to, try to spend time around them to remind yourself that that is possible for you too. If you have people in your life who genuinely enjoy what they do, Spend time around them, ask questions, see how they were able to get there and cultivate that for themselves. And while your journey will always be unique to you, know that just by witnessing their experience of being with joy, that will mirror to you that that is possible for you as well. So like I said, we can really grip to what we have And this whole life is just a practice of releasing that grip, of opening our palms and allowing life to give us what is always ours. So what I mean by that is if we're willing to soften our grip and open our hands, what is for us will not pass us by. What is in your highest good is coming for you, even if it doesn't look the way that you think it will look. We do not know what we are becoming. And that is at the same time so scary and so beautiful. So if you're starting to feel like, okay, it might be time for me to leave, get on your mat, practice being with what is, engage with the present moment, 
receive the wisdom and the grace of the present moment and know that bit by bit by doing this, we can start to soften our grip. We can start to open our palms so we can receive what is truly meant for us, what is in service of our highest and greatest good. I hope this was helpful for you today. If you're navigating or grappling with this idea of leaving a situation that is no longer serving you, I'd love to hear from you. Get on my newsletter list so you can drop a comment in the comment sections below. And I'd love to hear your comments. I aim to always respond. Know that you have the strength to sit with what is challenging. And on the other side of challenge is so much grace. Chat soon.